We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 726 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. And on this final installment of the podcast, before Christmas, I am happy to say that Santa Claus has brought us an early Christmas present as Washington, D.C. sports fans. The end of the Alex Ovechkin Gold drought. It is done. It is over. For Ovi, it is over. <laughs> the NHL career worst regular season gold drought of the Capitals, a top line left wing, the great eight Alex Ovechkin. It ended at 14 games on Thursday night. A game winning power play goal, 407 into overtime on a wrist shot from where else? The Ovi office, the left circle. This in a 3-2 overtime win at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here was the call from Joe Beninati and Craig Lachlan on Monumental Sports Network. Rolling for Carlson. John Carlson to Dylan Strom. Strom through the seam. Ovechkin fires. Score! The great wait is over. Hallelujah for OB. The fans booing here. We're loving life. Ovechkin, the GWG in overtime. That's right. As Joe Beninati said, the great wait is over. Great call. Much more on the end of the Alex Ovechkin gold drought and on yet another Caps win later in the show. But hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Yeah, final show before Christmas. Have you finished your Christmas shopping Uh, I haven't even started mine, (laughs) Uh, but my wife handles basically all of my Christmas shopping, although I do have to get something for her. Uh, Will the Commanders this Sunday afternoon, what is Christmas Eve, give us what we want? Another loss. Commanders at the New York Jets Sunday afternoon at 1. Very important game in terms of positioning for the 2024 NFL Draft. Next segment, the latest on injuries for the Commanders and the latest on the Jets quarterback situation. And then we are going to spend some time going through 
some very interesting comments from Commander's Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy's pre-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon. Now, we are used to EB saying a lot, but actually not saying much at his press conferences, right? Well, we on Thursday afternoon, for whatever reason, got a different EB. He opened up about what's going on with quarterback Sam Howell quite a bit. Uh, Eric spoke much more in specifics than in the vague, cliche ways to which we had grown accustomed. A surprisingly candid Eric Bieniemy on Sam Howell. Next segment. Uh, then we'll present to you my rhyming keys for Sam Howell playing well and a commander's loss at the Jets, and I'll give you my prediction for the game. Also on the show, I'll discuss not just a Caps win on Thursday night, but also a Wizards win late night on Thursday night, a 118-117 win at the Portland Trailblazers in a battle of two of the worst teams in the NBA, and in a game in which the Wizards did a lot to try to lose the game, including blowing an 18-point third quarter lead. I'll give you some thoughts on a win for Virginia Tech basketball, a 77-55 blowout of American University at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Thursday evening. And I have some college football for you, a Goldilocks preview and pick for James Madison versus Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas on Saturday afternoon at 3.30. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Eric Wolf regarding what we on this podcast are calling Operation Lose Out. Uh, the commanders needing to lose their final three games this season for the purpose of a top four, top three, maybe even top two pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Writes Eric, hello from Utah. Did you know that we are three not-so-crazy outcomes away from securing the number two overall pick in this year's draft? We would need the Commanders to lose at the Jets this Sunday afternoon and then lose to the Niners and Cowboys, but that seems to be a certainty as both teams buy for the number one overall seed in the NFC. We would need the Cardinals to win at the Bears this Sunday, and we would need the Patriots to beat the Jets in Week 18. This would put the Commanders, Cardinals, and Pats all with 4 and 13 records, but with the Commanders winning the tiebreaker by having the worst strength of schedule. Having the second overall pick would allow the new regime to have so much flexibility in building for the future, whether that would be a new quarterback or a trade back for a King's ransom. Beating the Jets could lead to us picking 7th. We've endured a brutal season already, so let's embrace the tank for one more game. Let's hope that Ron Rivera plays Emmanuel Forbes Jr. and Percy Butler on the same side of the field so that Trevor Simeon can light us up. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for that email, Eric. Uh, What we think about the 2024 draft certainly will change between now and the draft. But as things stand right now, the commanders having a top four pick in the draft would be huge because a top four pick would guarantee that available at the commander's pick would be one of the top quarterbacks, USC's Caleb Williams or North Carolina's Drake May, or the top receiver, Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr., who is being talked about as a phenom, or the top offensive lineman, Penn State left tackle Olu Fashanu. 
Uh, not that there won't be other great prospects in the draft, but right now, at this moment in time, the top tier of the draft does appear to be comprised of those four guys. And so the commanders having a top four pick would guarantee getting one of those four guys with that pick. And when I say guarantee getting, I mean the commanders getting or the commanders trading down and letting another team have at the getting. Uh, The commanders need to finish with at least a top four pick and hopefully will finish with better than a top four pick. Email from Rob. Uh, The big news of last week, Monumental Sports and Entertainment founder, chairman, principal partner, and CEO Ted Leonsis uh, and Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin on December 13th announcing an agreement for a new arena in the Potomac Yard area of Alexandria, Virginia for Capitals and Wizards home games beginning with the team's 2028-2029 seasons. Writes Rob, hi Al, great commentary about the Caps and Wizards leaving D.C. This situation feels remarkably similar to the Braves leaving downtown Atlanta to head to Cobb County and a suburban setting. Having lived in the Atlanta area during the Braves move, the elements were very similar. Bad neighborhoods near Turner Field, lack of public transportation, and the mayor's office being casually dismissive of the problems led to the new location. The good news is that a creative development plan with restaurants, bars, parking, and other amenities nearby will make the Potomac Yard location a destination worth the trip. The area around the Brave Stadium today is a lively, vibrant, and thriving area that seemingly arose from empty land. This is the current model. No amount of money from Mayor Bowser can overcome a poor experience if the fundamentals of running a safe and clean city are not executed properly. Thank you for the email, Rob. Uh, So I do believe that the number one reason for Ted Leonsis agreeing to move Camps and Wizards home games to Alexandria is money. Okay, Uh, the crime near Capital One Arena certainly is a factor. But if Washington, D.C. had come correct with the financial offer that Ted was looking for, then I don't think that Ted would have this agreement in place. Money has a funny way (laughs) of making you look past things. Uh, The crime problem near Capital One Arena and in D.C. in general, hopefully is not going to last much longer. But that the problem is happening for any length of time is unacceptable. I mean, did you see or hear about what happened this past Monday night? An officer-involved shooting in Northwest D.C., two blocks away from Capital One Arena. Madonna had a concert at Capital One Arena this past Monday night starting at 8.30. The shooting was dispatched around 8.33 on Monday night. Uh, that's not good for business at all. Cap One, on the night of a big concert, a Madonna concert, there's a shooting two blocks away. How about the situation with Clyde's, uh, the restaurant right next to Capital One Arena? A restaurant that I've been to, I don't know how many times. Clyde's near Capital One Arena, great spot. I read to you from WUSA9.com from earlier this month. Quote, the president of Clyde's restaurant group wrote an email to the D.C. government back in September threatening to shutter their Penn Quarter location if nothing was done to mitigate the rise in crime in the city, WUSA 9 has confirmed with a source in the district government. And quote, and the article quoted from the letter, uh, which was from Clyde's president, John McDonald, quote, we are hoping that at some point soon, 
there can be a return to a reasonable level of safety in the neighborhood. Absent of that, we do not have faith that we can remain in Penn Quarter. End quote. I mean, how crazy is that? Clyde's felt compelled to write a letter begging for D.C. to wake up to its crime problem. Well, a Washington, D.C. institution for years has been the great law firm of Paulson and Nace. Founded in 1979, Paulson and Nace fights for victims like no other law firm does. Chris Nace, Matt Nace, and the rest of the team do excellent work. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged, but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. As we like to say, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace provides passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. But how about this by Paulson and Nace? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yes, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Heck, Paulson and Nace has taken on the U.S. government and won. Bradley versus the United States of America. Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Hey, if you happen to be listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review of the podcast saying that you like it. The review can be just a sentence or two, but the reviews help out the podcast a lot, so thank you for doing them. Week 16 of the NFL's 2023 regular season gives us the 4-10 and 10 Commanders at the 5-9 and 9 New York Jets Sunday afternoon, Christmas Eve afternoon at 1. The Commanders had nine players on their injury report for Thursday on offense, running back Brian Robinson Jr. on Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day, this due to the hamstring injury that had him inactive for the Commanders last game, the 28-20 loss at the Los Angeles Rams this past Sunday. Running back Jonathan Williams on Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day due to the concussion that he suffered in that loss at the Rams. Left tackle Charles Leno Jr. on Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day, this due to the 
calf injury that caused him to, in that loss at the Rams, play on just 72% of the commander's offensive snaps. Center Tyler Larson on Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day due to the knee injury that caused him to, in that loss at the Rams, play on just 73% of the commander's offensive snaps. So the commanders in facing a really good defense and that of the Jets may well be without their top running back, starting left tackle, and starting center. Uh, on defense, edge defender Joshua Pryor did not practice on Thursday due to illness, so he was not listed on Wednesday's injury report. Edge defender James Smith-Williams on Thursday was a limited participant in practice for a second consecutive day due to the hamstring injury that has caused him to be inactive for each of the team's last four games. And interior defensive lineman John Ridgway on Thursday, a limited participant in practice for a second consecutive day due to the foot injury that he suffered in pregame warmups this past Sunday, although he did play in the game. Uh, he and the loss at the Rams played on 20% of the commander's defensive snaps. But otherwise, the defense in terms of its active roster players is healthy. Uh, corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. on Thursday, a full participant in practice for a second consecutive day. He was listed as having the elbow issue from which he, in the loss at the Rams, returned from a two-game absence, although he in that game played on just 8% of the commander's defensive snaps, a mere six defensive snaps, and linebacker Cody Barton, he on Thursday, a full participant in practice for a second consecutive day, he was listed as having a knee problem. Uh, For the Jets, it does continue to appear as if Trevor Simeon will be their starting quarterback on Sunday afternoon. Zach Wilson for Thursday was listed as a DNP, did not practice due to a concussion that he suffered in the second quarter of the Jets' last game, the 30-0 loss at the Miami Dolphins last Sunday afternoon. Uh, One of the things that this podcast does more than any other podcast or show in Washington, D.C. sports is give you key audio from Commander's Press Conferences. Uh, We give you long-form, unedited answers from press conferences so that you get the true context of the answers. And I, of course, provide uh, my thoughts on the answers, and we at times have scheduled fun (laughs) with the answers. Well, something that we certainly have come to know with the regular Thursday pre-practice press conferences of Commander's Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy this season is that Eric usually gives lengthy answers, but also answers with not a lot of substance. Uh, He speaks in cliches and generalities. Well, this was not the case this week. Eric on Thursday afternoon did a pre-practice press conference that started shortly after 12 p.m. The presser lasted for about 19 minutes, and he opened up big time about quarterback Sam Howell. Now, I think that an interesting question is why. Why did Eric now, in this his third to last press conference of the season, decide to be more forthcoming with his answers? Uh, Was he just in a forthcoming mood? Uh, Did he feel like he needed to be more forthcoming given the recent struggles of Sam Howell in the offense? Did Eric believe that being more forthcoming might somehow help him in his quest to uh, get the NFL head coaching job that he has been seeking for years? I don't know, but the Eric Bieniemy who we heard on Thursday afternoon was a different Eric Bieniemy and in a good way. Uh, I tell you, I enjoyed this press conference much more than I've enjoyed most, if not all, of uh, Eric's press conferences this season. Uh, Let's start with the benching of Sam in the loss at the Rams. Uh, Something that I've wondered and that you may have wondered is whose decision 
was the benching. Who ordered the code red? Uh, was the benching the decision of the head coach, Rod Rivera? Or was the benching the decision of the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, a man who has near total control of the offense, Eric Bieniemy? Well, Eric on Thursday afternoon actually answered this question. This was Eric on his role in the benching of Sam in the loss at the Rams. You know what, Coach Ron, uh, he basically said, hey, you know what, let's, let's rest him. You know, let's, 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 let's give him a break. Let's let him sit back and let's, let's give him an opportunity to observe Jacoby. And let's uh, give Jacoby an opportunity to go play. And so I agree with him at that particular time. There was no hesitation. And obviously, Coach Revere is the head man. And when he makes a comment, he has 51% of the vote. And I honestly agree with him at that particular time because I felt he was pressing and you never want to see someone pressing. And I, I just want to make sure I state this loud and clear. Sam is a hell of a kid. On top of that, he's a hell of a quarterback that's accepted a huge challenge. It's not very easy being in the road that he's in. Okay. I'm not going to make any excuses for him as well, but on top of that, as a group, we got to make sure that everyone is rallying around him and play. We got to play better in the run game. We got to make sure we're protecting the quarterback. We got to make plays on the perimeter. And so it all ties together. And so it's tough when you're in that predicament. But I thought at that particular moment, that was the right decision to do. And I tell you what, not shocked nor surprised at the success that Jacoby had. He did a hell of a job. He, he showed why he's a, a, a player of high caliber in this business. He's also shown that his, uh, his leadership and uh, basically all the uh, experience that he has in playing in a multitude of offenses, it paid off because he just went out there and played. He didn't think. And that was the big thing, probably more than anything, that Sam got out of that was Jacoby went out and played the game. He didn't go out and overthink the process. All right. So a lot there from Eric Bieniemy, but just him actually giving a specific answer to the question of his role in the benching of Sam Howell was a departure from how Eric this season has answered questions like this. Uh, my concern when Sam got benched was that it meant that Sam was no longer the team's QB1. Well, thankfully, he still is the team's QB1. He 100% should still be the team's QB1. Uh, there is no true benefit to having Jacoby Brissett as the QB1, especially with the commanders having been eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, here was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on if there would be a benefit for Sam to be benched for more than a portion of a game, i.e. to not start this game at the Jets this Sunday afternoon in order to see more of what Jacoby Brissett does. Uh, that's not anything that crosses your mind. And, and, and the thing about that, you can state that for everybody on the field, correct? You can make that case an argument. But uh, Sam has done a heck of a job. He's earned this position. But on top of that, you know, he's going – basically, let me go backwards. That was great for him going through that moment because it, it was a humbling experience for him, but it also gave him an opportunity to grow – by evaluating and just watching, okay, and having that opportunity just to see a veteran handle and conduct himself in such a positive way, all right? So now when that discussion comes up, it's not even a, a, a second thought because, yes, he got to get back on that horse. 
He got to make sure that all the work that we've put into, now he has to go out and apply it. Now let's use this situation and make sure that it becomes a positive uh, 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 outcome. Because I'll say this, sometimes without any bad luck, some of us wouldn't have any good luck at all. And the thing that I'm noticing, and I said this a little bit earlier, is certain things that, I mean, little minute things, not major things, but certain things that he would take for granted at times, he's not doing that right now. So sometimes you need to be humbled. Sometimes you need to, to step back, all right, and really evaluate what's going on, having an opportunity to see what a veteran can do. But on top of that, evaluating self and where he is in this particular moment in the season and how can he improve himself moving forward. So I'm excited, I'm fired up, and I'm looking forward to it. And this game at the Jets offers a major test for Sam Hell. The Jets for this regular season through Week 15 were number three in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. We're number three in the NFL in lowest opponents' yards per pass attempt, 5.57. And we're number eight in the NFL in team sack percentage, 8.35. But what Eric Bieniemy and what we just heard alluded to regarding why Sam in the loss at the Rams was benched, to me, made sense. Uh, the feeling that Sam needed a break, needed a timeout, uh, might benefit from seeing how Jacoby Brissett quarterback the offense. Those, to me, are reasonable, acceptable reasons for benching Sam last Sunday. Much more of this refreshingly revealing Eric Bieniemy on Sam Howell in moments. But if you enjoy Commander's Conversation, always really good Commander's Conversation at bgobsession.com. Placate your burgundy and gold obsession at bgobsession.com. BG Obsession or BGO has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. So what are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at bgobsession.com, home to your Burgundy and gold obsession. Uh, The stats for Sam Howell are not pretty. He, for this regular season, has a passing grade per pro football focus of just 62, ranking 28th out of 40 NFL quarterbacks, each with at least 140 dropbacks this regular season. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. More from Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on the recent struggles of Sam Howell. You can get to a point where you can apply a lot of pressure on yourself and you're seeing a lot, but you're not seeing anything. And so sometimes that happens. And he's a young kid. And hear me when I say this. He wants to be perfect. He wants to be great. He can tell you everything that he did wrong. And he's very self-aware of all the mistakes that he made. And he also understands his accountability and the lack of that he didn't have in that game. But he also understands how important it is for him to be decisive and right because it impacts everyone else. So he's still finding ways to grow. And this is a part of that growth process. So I think another thing, I thought we did a great job when when uh, we pulled him because it gave him an opportunity to take a break to sit back, inhale, exhale, and watch Jacoby play. And watch Jacoby run a similar uh, uh, number of plays and how a veteran just handled a lot of the, the things that was presented to him. And, uh, and I'll say this, sometimes 
without any bad luck, we wouldn't have any good luck at all. Because I think sometimes sitting back and watching someone else do it can have a, 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 a major impact in helping him to continue to grow. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett in the loss at the Rams did do a really nice job. Uh, he threw his first pass attempts of this regular season, earned a PFF passing grade of 90.7. Small sample size, of course, but still. Uh, every indication from Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon was that Sam Howell has handled his benching well. Uh, and that is in line with what we've come to see with and hear from Sam. Uh, he comes off as being very mature and grounded. This was Eric on Thursday afternoon on if Sam handling the ups and downs of a season well is important for what he can be as an NFL quarterback. It's very important because, first of all, you want to see how he's going to handle it. How is he going to respond? So immediately after the game, he was disappointed, which you expected. But it wasn't that he was disappointed in us playing Jacoby, he was disappointed in self, okay? On top of that, when I had an opportunity to spend some time with him throughout the course of the week on on uh, Monday and Tuesday, he was just reflective of, of the things that that took place and, and the things that he could have done better. And the thing that I'm excited about is he's still a sponge and he's learning and he's realizing that, you know what? I, I got to be on top of my game. And it ain't that he has to play uh, extraordinary every week, but he has to be on top of his game. And I love the resiliency in him. I think more than anything, it's forcing him to go back to the basics, okay? It's forcing him to just take a broad picture on everything and just making sure that he's not taking anything for granted. And so – Evaluating him, I mean, I'm evaluating him each and every week, but I can see, you know, some of the little things that he was taking for granted that he's not taking for granted at this particular moment. But that's just the growth process of a quarterback because normally in year two, (laughs) you see a lot of things because sometimes they think they know it all. And I remember uh, not so much, and I say that in a negative way, they know the offense, but now, okay, because they've had a year underneath their belt, there's certain things that they just see and second-guess themselves rather than being decisive. All right. So along the lines of what Eric Bieniemy was just saying, he then got asked a very interesting question. What would a second season for Sam Howell in Eric's offense do for Sam as a quarterback? Here was Eric's answer. Oh, it'll do wonders because it'll be one of those deals that, hey, he's been there and done that. Now, would it be uh, uh, one of those years where you'll just say he's the next Hall of Fame quarterback? I'm not going to say that, but just the growth, having the conversations. And as we're talking, I know he can piece together the sentences and and the statements that I'm going to make to him. So that's, that's very important. And obviously, it continues you know, with his growth process and his evolution of, of him becoming a quarterback 
that he has to become. Because right now, you know, honestly, he's learning the system. He's still continuing to learn the system. There's other things he has to learn, too. There's a lot of complex defensive coordinators out there. They're going to present different issues to him. And that's a major test each and every week. And so not only is he being tested by us and being evaluated, but on top of that, he's being tested by what he's seeing every single play. So he has to learn how to process that information. And when those things can become secondary to him, now the game can slow down for him. And so a second year would would, would be outstanding because it will help him to continue that growth process. So... (laughs) Eric Bieniemy, very positive on, almost gushing over what a second season for Sam Howell and Eric's offense would do for Sam. I don't think that Eric was necessarily wrong. I mean, we all know the importance of offensive system continuity for a quarterback, but it's hard to hear what we just heard from Eric and not think that he was not making his case, making his appeal for not being among the commander's coaches who are about to get fired by managing partner Josh Harris once the team's season ends. Did that not come across as Eric communicating to Josh Harris? Hey, Josh, understand what you could have with Sam Howell if you bring me back for a second season to work with Sam. And again, I don't think that Eric was necessarily wrong. But any realistic notion of Eric being retained in some form has to start with Eric proving worthy of being retained. And that can't happen if Sam doesn't play well. And he lately has not been playing well. And so he would need to play well over the commander's final three games this season in order for serious consideration for the keeping together of the Eric Bieniemy sam Howell offensive coordinator quarterback combination. Uh, Right now, the play almost certainly would be a new commander's football operations regime firing Eric Biennemi and moving on from Sam Howell as their QB1. But Sam doing well over the commander's final three games this season could change those things. Eric Biennemi on Thursday afternoon then got asked what being back for a second season with Sam Howell would mean for offseason practices and training camp. Now you just continue adding and building on what we've already established. You're still establishing the culture and the way we do things. But on top of that, just adding on to what we've done offensively, Uh, getting creative with more with the personnel groups and moving guys around and just challenging them to making sure that they have a complete understanding as well. Because when it's all said and done, with you want all your players to grasp your system, okay? Year two is the year when everyone normally takes over, takes off because of the language barrier that they've had to learn. And so now they start understanding the concepts. They can start preaching and now they can start teaching, all right, the younger guys to have a complete understanding because now those guys become the coaches on the field. Okay. Everything that you're talking about, you know, it's it's coming from them verbatim. And that's when you know that you have it in the right way, to have it in the right direction. So the problem with the idea of Eric Bieniemy being retained by the commanders beyond this season is unless he becomes the head coach or is the offensive coordinator for a next commander's head coach who is a defensive-minded head coach, how and why would you keep Eric with an offensive-minded head coach? You perhaps saw or heard about what CBS Sports NFL insider Josina Anderson posted on X 
on Thursday afternoon. That per a source, some NFL owners have been told that the asking price of Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson for a head coaching job is around $15 million per season. Uh, Now, people went nuts (laughs) upon seeing and hearing about this, and Ben's agent did strongly refute this on X. But whatever the case, look, I get the initial sticker shock of $15 million per season, but actually, $15 million per season is not unreasonable. If you believe that Ben Johnson, who is the hot offensive coordinator to become a head coach, is going to be a great head coach. There is no salary cap in the NFL for coaches or executives. Players routinely get paid at least $15 million per season. A great head coach, to me, is worth a lot more than $15 million per season. But anyway, if the commanders hire Ben Johnson or another bright offensive mind to be their next head coach, <laughs> keeping Eric Bieniemy would be awkward and choppy and redundant. If the commander's next head coach is an offensive-minded head coach, then the offense needs to be that person's offense. So unless Eric Bieniemy becomes the commander's next head coach or is the offensive coordinator for a next commander's head coach who is a defensive-minded head coach, like, say, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator and former Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn, I don't see how Eric stays with the commanders beyond this season. And again, he's not being retained unless Sam Howell ends this season having played well over the team's final three games. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon was asked if he would specify any coaching points that he has given to Sam Howell this week. And Eric, in contrast to how he this season typically has answered such a question, provided specifics, even drew a parallel between Sam and Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Take a listen. Eric Bieniemy on coaching points that he has given to Sam Howell this week. And then you'll hear multiple follow-up exchanges with Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Okay. Well, first and foremost, and I'll say this, it's always better to be decisive than to be right. Because if you're decisive with the football, guess what? Your chances are that you're probably right. That just means that you're not second-guessing yourself. All right? Uh, I remember this with Pat at once upon a time. You know, uh, <laughs> Pat at times could see ghosts out there. And, you know, hey, it's one thing. And, and then he's, he's, he was thinking that, hey, you know what? Well, he could have jumped this. Well, that wasn't the case. So I'm seeing that with Sam. And sometimes you can overthink something simple. And for whatever reason, I've never played the position. It happens. And it's unfortunate that it happens. But... The thing that he needs to continue to do is continue working through it, okay, and continue trusting his gut and his instinct and all the fundamentals that he's been taught. And so he's put that on display yesterday, and he's put that on display so far today. So, like I said, it's better to be decisive than to be wrong, okay? And so that's the major thing that I think moving forward that he's really starting to gain a complete understanding of. And how do you do that? Well, it's not anything that I'm, I mean, we're going to f- point it out to him on tape, okay? But if you see it and the ball is de- uh, designed to go in this particular area versus this particular coverage, hey, I got to come off the bound and make that throw, you know? 
I got to come off the mound and make that play. I don't care what defender is over there. I'm going to make this throw, and it's going to be completed. One thing, and this probably sounds arrogant of me, but one thing I'm, I'm a firm believer in, if the ball is out on time, all right, can't nobody defend whatever play we call. But we got to make sure that we're decisive, taking the proper drop. All right. On top of that, we've evaluated. Got to come off the mound and make the throw. If he's being decisive, we got a great opportunity of being successful in that particular moment. One of the things that analysts have said they want to see Sam grow in is pre-snap recognition of coverages. Do you, do you think that's fair? And if so, does that play into the decisiveness you're talking about? Uh, that plays into any role with any young and up-and-coming quarterback because at this level, there's a lot of defensive coordinators who do a great job of scheming you up, okay? And you have to recognize coverages. That's, that's a part of the growth process as a young quarterback. And at some point in time, the light is going to turn on for him, okay? I think at one point in time in the season, it turned on, okay? Now we're seeing all these different looks, all right? The light will turn on again, but that's just a part of the process. And once that aspect is, 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 becomes permanent, now he can really slow the game down and play the game the correct way. Going back to the early portion of the cut that I just played for you, Eric Bieniemy clearly thinks that Sam Howell has been guilty of overthinking things, uh, that Sam has been guilty of paralysis by analysis. Uh, what Eric said early in that cut really stood out to me, quote, it's always better to be decisive than to be right. And quote, it's always better to be decisive than to be right. I bet that surprises some people, but there absolutely is something to be said for a quarterback who does more throwing than thinking, who behaves with more conviction than uh, contemplation. Uh, we in the loss at the Rams appear to see Jacoby Brissett play this way, play with a freedom from thinking that we have not seen Sam play with lately. Uh, hopefully that changes on Sunday afternoon. All right, time now for my underdog fantasy plays for Commander's Jets. Uh, underdog Fantasy has a great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Uh, one of the best aspects of Underdog Fantasy is its higher-lower plays. I have two higher-lower plays for Commander's Jets. The higher-lower total for receptions for Commander's receiver Terry McLaurin is four. Uh, Terry is coming off one of the best games of not just his season, but of his career. Uh, he and that loss at the Rams had six receptions for a career-high 141 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. Andy drew a defensive pass interference penalty. He was the third highest graded Commander's player for the game for Pro Football Focus, overall grade of 88. Uh, yes, the Jets' pass defense is great. And yes, a good bit of Terry's production in that loss at the Rams uh, came with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. But I do like Terry to have higher than four receptions on Sunday afternoon. And the higher-lower total for field goals by Commander's kicker Joey Sly is one and a half. This game very much could be a battle of field goals. Now, the unknown is the Commander's new long snapper, Tucker Addington, the Cameron Cheeseman successor. So we'll see what the team's field goal operation ends up being like. But I do like Joey to have higher than one and a half field goals. So Terry McLaurin, higher than four receptions, and Joey Sly, higher 
than one and a half field goals. And all of this is through Underdog Fantasy. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and take advantage of the great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, my friends, there is no overstating the importance of the Commanders losing their final three games this season. Per ESPN Analytics, the Commanders losing their final three games this season would give the team an 81% chance of having a top three pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, a 33% chance of having a top two pick in the 2024 Draft, and a 3% chance of having the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft. We on this podcast are going full throttle on Operation Loseout. Uh, Next mission, Commanders at the New York Jets this Sunday afternoon at 1 in a big game from a draft positioning standpoint. The Commanders for this NFL regular season are the only team that's 4-10. The Jets for this NFL regular season are one of five teams at 5-9. and nine. Now, I do still want to see Commanders quarterback Sam Howell play well. He, of course, has not been playing well lately. So how do we thread this needle of Sam playing well, but the Commanders losing? My friends, it is that time. The time to rhyme. It is time for rhyming keys for <laughs> Sam Howell playing well and a Commanders loss. Uh, Oh, these rhymes, they are not meant to be good. They are not good. Trust me, these rhymes are awful. Uh, The purpose of these rhymes is only to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment. The saying is counterintuitive, but makes sense when you really think about it. The worse the rhyme, the better the time. And so here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. How does our team thread that needle of Sam Howell playing well, but the team losing the game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one, this is for Sam Howell. In facing this Jets defense of Robert Sala, use your mobility and make them holla. 
Yeah, make them holla your name with respect. <laughs> uh, the Jets head coach, a defensive-minded head coach, right? Robert Sala. Uh, he was the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator for four seasons, 2017 through 2020. Look, there is not much to be bullish about regarding Sam, who has been struggling facing the Jets defense, which is great, especially against the pass. But something to consider is this. The Jets this season at times have gotten got by mobile quarterbacks. The Kansas City Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes, seven carries for 51 yards. The Denver Broncos' Russell Wilson, seven carries for 49 yards. The Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, eight carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. The Buffalo Bills' Josh Allen, six carries for 36 yards. Sam Howell this season has been one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. He has not gotten enough credit for this. Uh, Therefore, this regular season through week 15 were 42 NFL quarterbacks, each with at least 10 rushing attempts. Sam, among those quarterbacks, was number two in rushing DVOA. Patrick Mahomes was number one. Sam was number two. He has been really productive as a runner. 19 of his 43 carries this regular season have resulted in first downs. Uh, Now, the commanders are not running the wishbone, so Sam, in order to play well at the Jets, is going to have to do well as a passer, but his running could open some things up. His mobility, to me, has not been used enough this season. Even just presenting him as a run threat via read option looks can be effective. And so rhyming key number one, this for Sam Howell in facing this Jets defense of Robert Sala, use your mobility and make them holla. Rhyming key for Sam Howell playing well, but the commanders losing at the Jets number two. This is for the commander's defense. Continue your fall against Wilson and Hall. You know, what worries me about this game more than anything is this matchup of the commander's defense against the Jets' offense. Each unit, a special kind of bad. If there is going to be a game in which the commander's horrible defense plays well again this season, this would seem to be that game. Uh, The commanders for this regular season through Week 15 were 31st out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA, but the Jets for this regular season through Week 15 were dead last in the NFL in total offense per DVOA. And yet, the Jets do have two good skill position players in receiver Garrett Wilson and running back Brees Hall. The Jets took Wilson with the number 10 overall pick in the 2022 draft out of Ohio State. He, for this regular season, has 79 receptions for 882 yards and three touchdowns on 138 targets. He, for this regular season through Week 15, was number six in the NFL in targets. Brees Hall, uh, the Jets took him in the second round of the 2022 draft out of Iowa State. He has been one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL this season. He, for this regular season through Week 15, was number seven in the NFL in yak yards after Cats, 472. And therefore, this regular season through Week 15 were 52 NFL running backs who each had been targeted at least 20 times. Hall was number 10 among those backs in receiving DVOA. Uh, Now is not the time for the commander's oh-so-bad defense to play well. No. Rhyming key number two, this is for the commander's defense. Continue your fall against Wilson 
and Hall. And rhyming key for Sam Howell playing well, but the Commanders losing at the Jets. Number three, this is for the entire Commanders team. (laughs) You've lost five straight. This game can't be the stopper. So whatever you do, do not call Zach Wilson a homie hopper. You remember the homie hopper controversy, don't you? July 2022, it came out that Commander's receiver Dax Milne, who Washington took in the seventh round of the 2021 draft out of BYU, was dating the ex-girlfriend of his BYU quarterback, Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. And the ex-girlfriend revealed that Wilson hooked up with his mom's best friend. (laughs) And the incredible coincidence that BYU is the Cougars. (laughs) Well, I don't know that there has ever been a greater coincidence in the history of coincidences. Uh, The ex-girlfriend got shamed as a homie hopper, i.e. jumping from one guy to the guy's homie. But as the ex-girlfriend said on Instagram, quote, sleeping with his mom's best friend, that's the real homie hopper, end quote. I'll let you figure out who is more guilty of homie hopping. But look, the commanders have the longest active losing streak in the NFL, five games. That needs to continue. So even if Zach Wilson doesn't play on Sunday afternoon due to his concussion, let's not disrupt the mood of the Jets by bringing up the homie hopper scandal. And yes, Dax Milne still is on the commanders. He's been on the reserve injured list since September 8th due to a groin injury. And so rhyming key, number three, this is for the entire commanders team. You've lost five straight. This game can't be the stopper. So whatever you do, do not call Zach Wilson a homie hopper. All right, it is prediction time. The commanders for Crab Sports plus three and a half. You know, one of the worst games that I've ever seen as a Washington fan was a Redskins-Jets game. December 11th, 1993. Two days before my birthday, the Skins lost to the Jets 3-0 at RFK Stadium. Yes, 3-0. Uh, This was Richie Pettibone's lone season as Skins head coach. Given how bad the commander's defense is, I don't know that we on Sunday afternoon are going to get 3-0, but we hopefully are going to get another commander's loss. The thing is, I could see this game being close. So I actually will take the commander's plus the three and a half. Final score, Jets 16, commander's 13. Well, this is the Commanders' final road game this season. Uh, Their final two games of the season are home games, home to the San Francisco 49ers on New Year's Eve afternoon at 1, and then home to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon, January 7th. The Game Time app right now, as you might imagine, has some excellent deals on Commanders tickets, also has great deals on Capitals and Wizards tickets. Take advantage of these deals for tickets for you or for someone as a gift this holiday season, and you can save even more money by using the promo code ALGALDI. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off 
your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. What makes GameTime great is its best price guarantee. So you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. GameTime's best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about GameTime is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Also, GameTime is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. GameTime also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. GameTime is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with GameTime, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the GameTime app and use that promo code ALGALDI. GameTime, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, you knew that it was not going to last forever, and thankfully, it now is over. The NHL career-worst regular season goal drought of the Capitals' top-line left wing. The grade-aid Alex Ovechkin, it is over at 14 games. And boy, did it end in spectacular fashion. A game-winning power play goal, 4.07 into overtime on a wrist shot, from the OV office, the left circle. How appropriate. A 3-2 overtime win at the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday night, marking a second consecutive night on which the Caps won a game 3-2 in overtime as they on Wednesday night had a 3-2 overtime win over the New York Islanders at Capital One Arena. And so the Caps in this NHL regular season now are an outstanding 6-0-0 in the second games of back-to-backs, and now are 17-9-4 overall. The Caps retool is going just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Here was the radio call of the Alex Ovechkin goal, John Walton, on the Capitals radio network. 44 seconds left in the power play. Here's Wilson. Back to Carlson. Into the slot. And now right side for Strom. Ovechkin on his stick. He scores! Alex Ovechkin has scored in overtime! And that takes down the Jackets! Good morning, good afternoon, and good night Columbus! Alex Ovechkin, for the first time in 15 games, gets the OT winner! Washington 3 and Columbus 2 the final! So Alex Ovechkin, finally a goal, and it wasn't just that. He had the primary assist on third-line right-wing Anthony Mantha's power play goal, 18-24 into the first period, as the Caps' power play 
finally has gotten going this season. The Caps, for a second consecutive night, got a game-winning power play goal in overtime. They, in this win at the Blue Jackets, went 2-3 on the power play, improving to 11 of 88 on the power play in this regular season. Also, Ovechkin on Thursday night had a team-high seven shots on goal, and he had a game-high 16 total shot attempts. Really good game for the great eight. Uh, this was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his post-game session with reporters on Thursday night on Alex Ovechkin. I mean, I thought he was one of our best players tonight by far. Um, shot attempts, was shooting it, was uh, moving well on the ice, puck recoveries. It looked like he was handling the puck better. And um, It's funny, like he had a ton of great looks where you think they're going to go in, and then this one he stops it and just rips it low block. We had a great view from the bench. Um, huge goal for us. Yes, it was. Now, the reason that the Caps were on the power play for Alex Ovechkin's overtime goal uh, was something. A penalty by the Blue Jackets goaltender Elvis Merz-Lickens, who committed a roughing minor 2.42 into overtime. This for pummeling top-line right-wing Tom Wilson while Wilson was down in the Blue Jackets net. What the heck Merz Lickens was thinking in doing this? I do not know, but hey, we'll take it. Uh, Alex Ovechkin's goal was the 26th regular season overtime goal of his NHL career, adding to his NHL record in that category. And Ovechkin's goal was the 900th of his NHL career, if you count both regular season and and postseason goals. But Alex Ovechkin was not the Caps' only hero in this 3-2 overtime win at the Blue Jackets on Thursday night. Third-line right-wing Anthony Mantha, he scored two goals, a power play goal 18-24 into the first period and an even-strand goal 17-24 into the second period. Defenseman John Carlson had three secondary assists and had a team-high four block shots. And Charlie Lindgren, was terrific. He was the Caps starting goaltender for the ninth time in 17 games since Darcy Kemper returned from injury. And Lingren was really good. He stopped 34 of the 36 shots on goal that he faced. Lingren, per natural stat trick, stopped seven of the eight high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped seven of the eight medium danger shots on goal that he faced, and stopped all 20 of the low-danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, the Caps went 1-1 on the penalty kill. Great night for the Caps. Great night for the Great Eight. Next up for the Caps, home to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Saturday night at 7. Well, the Wizards late night on Thursday night played a game that somebody had to win and somebody did win and that somebody was our Wizards. Uh, they improved to five and 22 in this NBA regular season with a 118-117 win at the Portland Trailblazers late night on Thursday night in a game that was a battle of the Wizards who went into the game 4 and 22 this regular season and the Blazers who went into the game 7 and 19 this regular season. Uh the Wizards won despite blowing an 18-point third quarter lead although uh, they never actually trailed in the game. The Wizards won despite getting torched by Anthony Simons, who in 37 minutes, 50 seconds as a starter, went 7 of 14 on threes, 8 of 14 on twos, and 4 of 5 on free throws, and finished with 
41 points, 7 assists versus 3 turnovers and 4 rebounds. Simons in a fourth quarter that the Wizards lost 37-25, scored 22 points, including going 5-7 of seven on threes. Uh, the Wizards could not stop Anthony Simons. And how did the Blazers get Anthony Simons, you ask? Well, the Blazers took him with the number 24 overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft, in which the Wizards took a Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> with the number 15 overall pick. Yeah. Uh, also, the Wizards late night on Thursday night won, despite having just seven offensive rebounds to the Blazers' 20, and thus just 11 second chance points to the Blazers' 32 Also, the Wizards late night on Thursday night won despite going just 22 of 32 on free throws. So the Wizards, in a lot of ways, were lucky to win this game, but they did shoot well from the field. They went 12 of 30 on threes and 30 of 54 on twos. And the Wizards got really nice games from Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, and Tyus Jones. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he in 37 minutes, 16 seconds as a starter, went 3 of 7 on threes, 8 of 15 on twos, and 7 of 10 on free throws. He finished with 32 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists versus 3 turnovers. Daniel Gafford, he in 31 minutes, 16 seconds as a starter, went 7 of 10 from the field, all twos and two or three on free throws. He finished with 16 points, eight rebounds, including three offensive boards, six blocks, and four steals. Daniel Gafford became the first Bullet slash Wizards player since George Murison in March 1995 to have a regular season game with at least 10 points, at least six blocks, and at least four steals. And Tyus Jones, who has been playing a lot better lately, he in 35 minutes, 33 seconds as a starter, went five of seven on threes, four of eight on twos, and one of two on free throws. He finished with 24 points, three assists versus two turnovers, and three rebounds. Next up for the Wizards is a game on Friday night at the Golden State Warriors, Friday night at 10. Hey, some college basketball for you. Virginia Tech improved to 9-3 and overall this season with a 77-55 round of American University at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Thursday evening. Now, the Hokies in this game went just 5-17 on threes, but also went a sensational 27-33 of on twos. And the big reason for that, 6'10 center Lynn Kidd, he is playing so well Kid on Thursday evening in just 24 minutes as a starter scored 31 points. He went 14 of 15 from the field, all twos. Also went three of three on free throws. He finished with 31 points, 11 rebounds, and two blocks. Lynn Kidd for this season has a field goal percentage of 70.9. Also for Tech, 6'1 true freshman Brandon Recksteiner, he in 30 minutes as a starter had 11 assists versus two turnovers. Brandon Recksteiner is the son of pro wrestler Scott Steiner, for those of you who know him. Uh, And now comes a break for the Hokies. Next up for Virginia Tech at Wake Forest on Saturday afternoon, December 30th at 2.
All right, now to college football. I have a Goldilocks preview and pick for James Madison. The Dukes, uh, their bowl game is on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you surely have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, this is Goldilocks, and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, my last name, GALDI. Uh, so crabsports.com or the Crab Sports app, promo code GALDI, and Crab Sports is making your holiday season even more merrier this year with the Crab Sports 12 Days of Crabmas. Uh, all users on Crab Sports are receiving daily promotions counting down to Christmas Day. Uh, these are festive promotions that include odds boosts, local player boosts, bet insurance opportunities, and more. If you're not already betting with Crab Sports, which is a local sports book, you can sign up now with the promo code GALDI and Get an additional $10 free bet after your first deposit. Crab Sports is awesome. Visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app and use that promo code GALDI. And as always, Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. James Madison versus Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas on Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Dukes per Crab Sports minus one and a half. What a saga this has been for JMU. This is its second season as an FBS team. James Madison, because of NCAA rules, was not allowed to compete in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, which the Dukes would have been in given their record for this season, 11-1 and overall, 7-1 and in the Sunbelt Conference. They also were not allowed to be in a bowl game unless there were not enough teams with records of at least 500 for this season to fill all of the bowl game spots. Uh, JMU considered legal action, but thankfully, the Bowl Alliance on November 26 announced that James Madison was going to a bowl game. The Dukes were officially declared available for selection into a bowl game according to NCAA bylaws of there not being enough eligible teams. However, <laughs> then came more major news. Uh, the departure of head coach Kurt Signetti who on November 30th officially left to become Indiana's head coach. Uh, JMU on December 7th officially announced the hiring of Bob Chesney as head coach. He spent the last six seasons as Holy Cross's head coach. And the Duke star quarterback, Jordan McLeod, he on December 1st announced that he was entering the NCAA transfer portal. And the Duke's top receiver, Elijah Surratt, he on December 15th announced that he was entering the NCAA transfer portal. And a bunch of key defensive players for JMU have entered the NCAA transfer portal. Now, it does seem that a lot of these guys will play in this bowl game, but it's hard to know what to make of James Madison for this game. I mean, how about the coaching situation? So the Dukes acting head coach is associate head coach for offense and offensive line coach Damian Robluski, a.k.a. Coach Robo. Uh, well, so many staffers have left 
JMU to join Kurt Zignetti at Indiana that uh, Coach Robo has had to hire a number of temporary coaches just to get through this bowl game. Uh, we have no such chaos for the Falcons of Air Force. Uh, they, for this season, are 8-4 and four overall and 5-3 and three in the Mountain West Conference. Air Force, for this season, is number two in the FBS in rushing yards per game, 275.8. All things being equal, I would take James Madison, but who the heck knows what kind of a JMU team that we're going to get on Saturday afternoon. Maybe we get an inspired, motivated team, but maybe we get a team that has checked out given the coaching staff chaos and all of the key players in the transfer portal. Uh, Give me Air Force plus one and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Well, thank you, Snoop Dogg. And don't forget, go to crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI. So crabsports.com or the Crab Sports app, promo code GALDI. And Crab Sports is making your holiday season even more merrier this year with the Crab Sports 12 Days of Crabness. All users of Crab Sports are receiving daily promotions, counting down to Christmas Day. And that will do it. For you and me for now, keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. There will be a show for Monday. Uh, what is Christmas? Uh, yes, a show on Christmas. Monday show, episode 727. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders off whatever happens in their game at the New York Jets this Sunday afternoon at 1. Also on Monday show, I'll talk Capitals, Wizards, college basketball, and James Madison football. Uh, The Caps have one game this weekend, home to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Saturday night at 7. The Wizards have one game this weekend at the Golden State Warriors, Friday night at 10. College basketball, we have three games on Friday. Maryland at UCLA, Friday night at 9. Georgetown at number 6, Marquette, Friday night at 7. And number 20, James Madison at Morgan State, Friday afternoon at 1. And we this weekend have James Madison's bowl game. The Dukes versus Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas on Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Rolling for Carlson. John Carlson to Dylan Strom. Strom through the seam. Ovechkin fires. Score! The great wait is over. Hallelujah for OB. The fans booing here. We're loving life. Ovechkin, the GWG in overtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.